the property pod. Pod. pod welcome to the property pod with moneyweb the property sector is an ever-changing sector and in this podcast series your host suren naidu chats to movers and shakers in the property industry welcome to the latest edition of the property pod with september being tourism month in south africa we are chatting to movers and shakers in the tourism industry in particular the hotel property owners and developers in the sector in this episode i'm speaking to mark waxberger founder and ceo of the capital hotel group who was making waves in the hotel industry before covid-19 hit even after covid-19 or should i say with covid-19 the group has continued to be an agile innovator and disruptor in the sector when we last spoke money were broke news of the capital hotel group buying fairmont zimbali in Belito as part of a business rescue. Mark, welcome to the property pod. Thanks, Yuren. Great to be with you. On that um, last development that we talked about, I'm sure you, you've got a number of things uh, up your sleeve or on your plate, but on the Fairmont Zimbali deal, we reported it as a somewhat of a coup at the time. How's that going? Has it been finalized as a business rescue deal? And I know you were originally looking to open in the third quarter of this year. So we still think it's been a coup but you know things are not as wonderful as they may have been reported in your original article and you know I have people coming up to me time and time again saying wow you stole it what an incredible price you paid for it but what's interesting is if you think about what it actually takes to renovate a 24000 square meter building consisting of only 130 rooms you know it was a monster property uh the cost and the effort of renovating it and the politics and issues in dealing with multiple owners and business rescue and all different stakeholders and the cost of legal and the cost of the renovation and it starts to add up and it gets to the point where you think you've bought something out of steel uh is not necessarily such a steel but having said that what the end product is going to be is going to be a local leisure offering and we can see in covid times this is actually a product that's highly in demand so we we're extremely excited that it'll be well worth it in the end so when are you hoping to open the, the property and um, is it pretty much around that 30 million or so that you were looking to spend or did you end up spending more in terms of the revamp i know you spent around 240 million for the actual business rescue at the time Yeah, I think we'll end up north of 50 million in terms of the renovation costs and when you start taking into account legal fees and then you start taking into account things like capital raising fees which is something that not a lot of people uh, consider as, as well as the interest holding cost while we're renovating. So from a property perspective, these are things that people sometimes forget. Not that we forgot about them, but I'm saying this is definitely added to the cost and Uh, we're running about 2 weeks late we'll open more like uh, beginning of november and we're late because of the riots so property development's not for sissies you know you have a hundred different balls that are up in the air at any one time one of those balls is uh, steel being delivered timorously and with the riots that the steel never arrived timorously and so that's obviously had a knock on impact throughout the uh, throughout the project which has caused a 2 week delay uh should have been about a 6 week delay but you know again the ability to mitigate and be agile 
and adaptive to these changing environments meant that we could claw back some time. But but conversions are something that we're not actually specialists in. We've become brilliant at new builds. And these conversions are something that even us have had the cost of learning. Mark, how big is the group now? You, you've got a little bit of a lesson with Zimbali, but that seems to be on track for this year still. But um, earlier this year, at the time of Zimbali, there was also some discussions with the JSE-listed spear around taking over the 15 on Orange in Cape Town. Has that deal also going ahead? And you also had a development, I think it was in Mpumalanga, that you were doing as a new build. So you had quite a few things happening at the same time. Yeah, I've always said you need to use the down times, the bad times, as a chance to expand. So for us, uh, Zimbali, uh, the capital, uh, Mbombela, as well as the capital 15 and Orange in Cape Town, um, were all part of our expansion list. And if you look at 15 on Orange in Cape Town, we've already done that renovation and we've already opened uh, in middle of August. And it's been quite uh, a great renovation. People are rave reviewing it. Uh, there's absolutely quite a lot of uh, vibe going on in a hotel that's normally you would expect quite empty. You know, Cape Town's at the epicenter of the COVID storm. Yet our hotel is brand new yeah, and vibey and busy. And why? is we've had to be innovative about very good opening specials to make sure that we expose the property uh, to the market. Uh, We've also introduced uh, 25 apartments there. We've converted the 60-square-meter hotel rooms into apartments. And that's a product in the post-COVID world that we think will, will do very well because if you're going to be on Zoom and the future is all about Zoom, and uh, virtual meetings, well, you may as well be sitting in one of the best cities in the world, in Cape Town, instead of in cold London. You may as well live in in Cape Town in an apartment at 15 in Orange and do your Zooms back to London in the same time zone. And I must say, we've had a great response to that as a concept. And uh, then the capital, Mabombela, is, uh, which is in Mpumalanga, is uh, well under construction and will open in November as well. And that's going to be 150 rooms and apartments in a city that just seems to not stop. It seems to be an incredible vibe and very busy there. In total, how big is the group now? Are you looking at more acquisitions and development opportunities besides those that you've mentioned? Yeah, this is our 12th. We're in uh, national across the country. We've got Johannesburg, Pretoria, Cape Town, and uh, KZN, including now Belita with uh, Zimbali, as well as uh, Mshlanga, and then Mpumalanga. And expansion is going to continue. You know, we open two new hotels every year. This year we'll open three because of the opportunity that COVID's provided. And we're going to be going into other sub-national districts like um, Port Elizabeth, as well as Bloemfontein, and um, our objectives are that as you'll drive into any town across South Africa and you see the Tsogo Sun or you see the City Lodge and you see it and know it, you'll see and know the capital as well and what it stands for. And the differentiator is we always have an apartment product and conference center forming part of our hotel. 
Thanks for that. Uh, I know we've reported on on the disruptor notoriety of uh, Capital Hotel Group, but maybe just a little bit of context for our property pod listeners some a little bit of history of the group it started way back in 2010 and you leverage off the world cup a little bit maybe you want to give us some highlights over the last 10 or 11 years so uh, something i started in 2008 actually as an asset light business we just rented out apartments and uh, we didn't own any of them. And that was our differentiator in the market, and that's become prolific in Airbnb today. And um, But we were the first in, in apartments. And um, in 2010, in the hangover of the World Cup, although we had made a lot of money, there were now empty hotels, distressed hotels, one of which was a hotel called 20 West. And we raised private mm. equity capital to buy 20 West and to unsell it apartment for apartment to investors. And that was really the big first uh, kick for our business into uh, the world of hotel and conference, but more importantly, into the world of finance, because property is about finance. You could have the best property, but if you can't afford it, you haven't funded it correctly, you haven't funded it cost-effectively, and you haven't worked on uh, getting the right cost of capital, then you can do badly in property. You can make the banks rich or the private equity partners rich without actually doing well for yourself. And um, we use that philosophy to grow by then becoming a developer ourselves. We bought a few distressed properties and converted them, but otherwise we learned the skill of developing ourselves. And today our best properties are the ones we've developed from the ground up. And we've developed um, a standardized model, which is the one that I'm saying we're going to be opening uh, nationally. Uh, one more point I want to make to your listeners that I think is important is that the value of an option has never been higher in today's sense. Because when you have volatility in property where prices are really down at the moment, but kind of you know they could bounce back, then mm-hmm. the value of an option is fantastic. So anyone getting an opportunity to get an option to buy might be surprised that inflation starts running away with us and uh, we could actually have uh, some properties in an economy that has bounced back off a very low base and doing very well. And that's where at 15 and Orange, even though we're just a tenant, we're a tenant with an option to purchase. Mm. And when we bought 20 West, that was the first deal we ever did. It was on that same basis. We had an option to buy it, uh, which option was then well in the money, and we exercised it. And that was the start of um, the capital that we then had in our business to utilize to expand. Fantastic story there, Mark. Quite innovative, though, is the aspect around the group being one of the, the, the first players, maybe not the first, but you actually have done very well in taking advantage of the Section 12J incentive scheme that government had going. But that has come to an end in June. How is the group planning to grow now? Is it a case that the group has already taken advantage of that uh, incentive scheme and is now well positioned as an unlisted player? Yes, exactly. So there's many ways to be in property. The most conventional one that we know are the REITs. Mm. And the REITs is, you know, you're you're raising money from investors. They're generally listed. And that has a cost of capital. And the cost of capital was very low in the REIT market three years ago. People were pouring money into REITs because they seemed to be on a one-way 
just going up and up and up. In today's days, the REITs are doing terribly. And so the cost of um, raising funds through REITs is so high, that's not viable. The equity markets aren't really backing hotels at the moment. So that's not a viable cost of capital. And over the years, we had 12J come to the rescue where people had such a great tax incentive that the cost of capital for hotel properties was extremely low. Today, we're stuck, quite frankly, in our ability to expand through ownership of buildings because there isn't a clear provider of capital, particularly to hotels, at a very cost-effective rate. But that is where one needs to be innovative, and we've actually managed to fund the capitals in Bali through a pension fund and a loan pool scheme that uh, has been the most effective cost of capital. So, you know, our ability to adapt in terms of property opportunities, but also financing opportunities is quite key. Uh, the capital Mubombela is funded by the IDC, where the IDC really likes uh, the job opportunities and the hotel expansion that's taking place in areas outside of the normal nodes. So, you know, chasing the capital pools is something we're also proud ourselves of being able to find. Okay, another innovation from the group there. For somebody who, it's unlikely, but for somebody who doesn't know the Capital Hotel Group, tell us what differentiates the group from the rest of the market. Capital Hotel Group was a pioneer with the local, the innovative use around apartment type of hotels. But it also innovated quite a bit when COVID first hit and continued to operate despite lockdowns. Maybe go into detail or highlight some of those uh, differentiators for the group. So from a product perspective and a client perspective, we're all about flexibility. If you come into our hotels, maybe there are 150 room hotel as an example, you're going to have a hotel room that is next to a one-bedroom apartment. So you have both a hotel room or a one-bedroom apartment. But the flexibility that we have of combining the two together to then create two-bedroom apartments, plus conference center, restaurants, in-house entertainment, all of that builds together a product that I would describe as flexible. And flexibility means we can attract multiple markets. Today, we have a government group coming in. Tomorrow, we have a leisure group coming in, and the product fits uh, all criteria. The apartments are generally well booked out by people coming on a consulting assignment. Let's say they're coming to help us fix our dear old ESCOM for two weeks or three weeks, and they're an engineer from overseas. They don't want to stay in a cramped hotel room. They prefer an apartment. And then maybe their family will come in on the weekend to visit them, and we'll interlead them to create a two-bedroom apartment just for the weekend. So flexibility is key. But really what's behind all of this compared to, uh, as you say, the peers out there, the competition, is ultimately entrepreneurship. And uh, the hotel market is generally made up of managers. Man the big names that we all know are managers of the hotels. Uh, we're an owner and an operator, and that allows us to be highly entrepreneurial, and to do these deals, the distressed acquisitions, and chase the funding pools, and chase the opportunities in terms of uh, renting out um, uh, the hotel at the end of the day to a flexibility and a multiplicity of clients. 
So entrepreneurship is the key differentiator. Mark, we've run out of time. Mark, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Yuren. That was Mark Waxberger, CEO and founder of the Capital Hotels Group. Thanks for listening to the MoneyWeb Property Pod with Suren Naidu, brought to you by Asset, South Africa's leading digital commercial property magazine. To listen to more episodes, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates. Follow Suren on Twitter at Suren Naidu for more of his property industry content and other business stories. The Property Pod. Pod. Pod.